welcome back. Or hello for the first time ever. But they say the third time's the charm. So thanks for adjusting that digital or analog knob over this way for the third installment in the Frequency Horizon On Air Saga. And this week we have what we're calling the Take Me to the Hospital edition of the program. A glimpse into the medical profession on the West Coast in a bunch of ways you might not have thought of before. Early on, we're going to bring you my story, where I get hit in the head by my own surfboard, and we'll take you with us from the waves all the way right behind the curtains at the Tofino General Hospital. Stay tuned, because we have a bit of an update from the Culet RCMP about the fatal crash on the Pacific Rim Highway where two vehicles collided with devastating consequences. And later on, we'll talk with my good friend Christian over a couple of beers about something that happened to him involving a machete and what I hope isn't too gruesome of a tale. My head was mended with skill by the healthcare professionals here locally. And tonight, we're going to stitch it all together with some spectacular and fascinating tunes. I hope you'll stick around for the duration. This is the Frequency Horizon. First up, we're just going to start with the track of the week. A little bit of a dark one from Sam Benga. It's called Stormy Weather because we all know what's in store over the winter here in Tofino. And it features Rudy Lee. Enjoy. Yeah. 
So I want to take you back about a week or two. If you'll remember, there was a bit of stormy weather that rolled into the west coast of Vancouver Island. It was so bad that one day I went into a Tofino surf shop and asked which beach I should go to. The clerk just laughed at me. Don't go surfing today, she said. We were all waiting for those good waves to roll in, I know. It was so intense that I heard Mackenzie Beach was even surfable at one point. But it did die out, and I was excited to head out with a few friends to Cox Bay during stellar conditions. Sadly, I wasn't far into it when I was hit in the head with my own surfboard, blood streaming down my face. Oh well, just listen to what happened next. My name's Chance. Where do you work? I work at Long Beach Lodge. <laughs> <laughs> so I think this is pretty funny. Um, so what just happened? Drew just come to me. He's like, I'm looking for a chance. So that's me. <laughs> Say, what happened? And I look at him, full of blood. <laughs> it happens to everybody. Got hit in the head. Ding. Fin to the head. Bleeding <laughs> everywhere. Um, he's good to go. And it had, it had to happen on the day that the waves are like, Perfect. The waves are perfect, unfortunately. <laughs> You're gonna have to miss out on this one, but hey. You sure you sure like I can't just go for another couple quick two waves? <laughs> I don't know. Hit. Judging by the gas on your head, I think you might want to get it checked out. Yeah, okay. Maybe you're gonna need stitches. What did, what did you do to my head just now? Like what is this called? Oh yeah, I just uh bandage your head up, put some pressure on your head just to, to keep the bleeding getting any worse. And so I, uh, <laughs> I don't even, yeah, just uh, put some gauze on your head, stabilized it. We're good to go. You're good to go. All I right. wish I could send you back out, man, but I don't think <laughs> it's a good idea. I'll be back <laughs> out there tomorrow, hopefully. Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay, so here we are at Cox Beach. Yes. And the waves are coming in. It's a beautiful, beautiful day. day. Uh, what's your name and what did you see um, coming at you? My name's Lisa and I saw you. What's your name? Drew. Drew. I saw Drew coming out of the water, well, with his board to his car. <laughs> and uh, and there was blood dripping down your face. And I thought your eyebrow was split open or something. And I got a closer look and you're bleeding from the head. I don't. I, here I am back in the water. Should I? Do you think I should go surfing? So no, you know, no. I can't. I can't. No, no. <laughs> no, you probably have a mild concussion at the right. No, no. Yeah, dude. Exactly a year ago, I got smashed in the face, and I'm still suffering from concussion symptoms. Really? Yeah, seriously. Was that a surfing indus- in- it in- the, in- it injury? It was my other board, actually. Really? Yeah. Oh man, so I'm gonna go, I'm gonna have to get this looked at. Yeah, you okay. probably really should. Hopefully the waves are so good when I come it back. It will be. Okay. It will be. All right. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Hi, I'm Dr. Pam Frizzini, and I'm the doctor on duty, along with my resident, Dr. Justin Jay. Patient had a surfing injury, probably binned in the head. Is that what happened? That's right. Uh, That's what everyone's telling me. Yeah. That's what it felt like. Scalp laceration required uh, repair under local anesthetic. Dr. Justin J, I believe, cleanse the area and then put local anesthetic in, numbed it up so that he could. Suture it, which means putting 
stitches, nylon stitches in to close the wound after making sure there was no pieces of the beach inside there. And now the patient is tasked with keeping it clean and dry. And so what does that mean? What's the bad news that you told me about surfing? Off surfing for a week. No surfing for one week. Yep. But that's the hard reality. But at least it's gonna heal, right? Exactly. And you'll be out there surfing again. biggest letdowns of the whole experience, aside from learning I wouldn't be allowed to surf for an entire week, happened right after I'd signed in at the hospital. I went to grab a seat to wait my turn, and there was a woman standing there in the entryway, still in her wetsuit, clutching her arm. Instantly, I realized I wasn't even going to be the most intense surf injury of that hour, let alone the weekend. She'd been surfing at Cox Bay too, and her badass response put me to shame. I hope I just have a dislocated shoulder, she said, with a big smile on her face. And while I was editing the show, someone else told me their friend had to get five stitches at the hospital two days later. So don't forget, the most manageable waves can sometimes be the most dangerous. Stay safe, everyone. A big thank you goes out to Dr. Pam Frizee and resident Justin Jay for dealing with the pooling blood from my head and getting me in and out of the hospital pretty quickly. Now we're going to move into the next song. Here we have The Prodigy with aptly titled Take Me to the Hospital.
big ups to Al. You know him as Inspiral from the Saturday Night Beats and Treats program here on Tough City Radio. Cheers for the shout out during the intro last week. Al played some Tipper on his show. So I'm going to do the same. This is Ambergris. first time I listened to that particular track, I was driving down the same stretch of Highway 4 that yesterday was shut down for 8 hours after a pickup truck collided with a camper van. The driver of the truck died, 
and the two occupants of the RV were rushed to the hospital as flames shot up as high as telephone wires, according to a witness. some of the audio captured on scene as big puffs of smoke billowed straight up into the hazy purple and peach tones of the dying light. Witnesses tried to save the man who was trapped in the pickup, but to no avail. By the time the flames were under control, the man was unrecognizable and there was little left of the truck or camper van. We spoke with Sergeant Jeff Swan of the RCMP in Yakulet for an update on the situation and learned about the connection to a vehicle theft. So yesterday around 3.45 in the afternoon, you cool at RCMP, you cool at fire department, and the uh, BC ambulance services were dispatched to a report of a collision between a red pickup traveling south towards you cool it, and a motorhome traveling north towards Tofino. The incident happened just south of uh, Wick Road and within the confines of the uh, national park. You cool at RCMP officers attended, the fire department attended as well, and the uh, two vehicles were involved, um, heavily involved in fire, so uh, the fire department did their best and uh, began extinguishing the fire. Subsequent investigation was learned that the red pickup that was traveling south from Tofino had actually crossed the center line, and a witness reported seeing it cross the center line and strike into the motorhome. That witness then parked their vehicle, got out and uh, assisted the occupants of the motorhome to get out of the motorhome safely. And then he went to go help the occupant in the truck and the fire started in the vehicle. The witness tried to get into the vehicle, but couldn't, unfortunately couldn't get into the vehicle and uh, noted that the driver appeared to be unconscious. Unfortunately, no one could get in and rescue him, and the male died as a result of the fire. We took uh, numerous statements from people, and uh, we learned that the actual the red pickup that was involved in the collision was stolen out of Nanaimo. The truck was stolen two days earlier in Nanaimo. So now uh, the Kulad RCMP are looking for anybody that saw a 1994 Nissan pickup in and around the Tofino Yakulad area yesterday and the day before. Saw it driving around, saw anything suspicious, saw where it was. We're trying to backtrack and, and sort of put some investigation into it to see who was driving because the driver has not yet been identified due to the damage incurred as a result of the fire. You know, with, uh, especially in a, in a motorhome uh, and any vehicle, there's so many flammable materials, all the plastics, and then you get the frame that holds the heat in on the metal. And so, uh, unfortunately, that's very customary with vehicle fires. There's a lot of smoke, um, a lot of heat generated, and there's also a lot of, you know, 
fuel and oil and plastics that all generate that. So yeah, there's a lot of smoke, a lot of fire. How many occupants were in the motorhome? Uh, there's two occupants in the motorhome, husband and a wife, and uh, their dog. And they all survived with uh, just very minor injuries. Were they, they were taken to the Tofino Hospital then, I suppose? Yes, they were, yeah, taken to the Tofino Hospital. Would you say they're doing all right at this point? Yes. Um, yeah, they're, uh, I haven't heard if they've been released from the hospital, but I assume they have been. Um, and, you know, we've been in touch with them with our victim services people just to make sure that they're okay. The occupants of the motorhome and the witnesses are all from Vancouver Island. Um, but the... Uh, Occupant of the Red Nissan, we don't know where he's from yet. Yep. Anything else you want to mention for now before I let you go? Um, other than just, uh, you know, phenomenal work by the emergency responders, it's a, those are pretty tragic situations to come across. Um, the witnesses, you know, did their best to try to get into the vehicle and uh, save this gentleman's life. And so we're just, you know, thanking the witnesses, thanking the passerbys, and, uh, you know, the fire department that attended from Ukulit, the ambulance that attended from Tofino and Ukulit, as well as uh, the RCMP that uh, both arrived from both detachments. It just is a great working relationship from both communities. The road was closed for about eight hours and so, you know, we did rely on a lot of Parks Canada staff to flag the road from Landfill Road down to West Main and, you know, I know it's a a bumpy, chaotic road, but, you know, the, the patience of everybody involved was greatly appreciated. After I finally made it around the detour on the extremely bumpy logging road, I pulled into Long Beach an incinerator rock under the moonlight. There was no one else there. The waves were small, but not that small. It was just nice to remember for a second that you're alive and to be thankful for that. So we're gonna move into something a bit different and play Tycho's Coastal Break.
that Oceanic 5 going with the track off of Miyake Snow's album, Happy to You, called The Wave. Features the line, My love won't be saved, we'll all be staring at the wave.
That was Miyake Snow with The Wave. And here we have Wild Bell, It's Too Late, the Snake Hips remix. And stick around because Christian's about to tell us about what the hell he was doing with the machete.
So here we are in the Tough City Radio Studios. We've got my good friend, Christian Bagirura. Can you say your last name for me, please? Bagirubwira. Not an easy one. Bagirubwira. Close Pretty close. Christian's a good friend of mine. One of the first times I ever saw him, he was literally in a wrestling match on a, on the deck outside of a uh, kitchen uh, in the middle of the pouring rain. Uh, it was pretty hilarious, and um, it was a yeah, it was a friendly match. But if you just walked in on it, you might not have thought so. <laughs> Christian's actually an interesting dude. He was actually born in Rwanda. Went to school in five different countries before graduating from high school and getting his diploma there. Now, he's, he's arrived in Canada, he's living in Tofino, and he started making music occasionally. And he's got big plans academically. Christian's a big fan of podcasts and uh, the radio, so we, we thought we'd have him in. You're going to a beach fire later tonight, you're here at the radio station, so uh, why don't we get into this, this uh, story you, t- you were telling me about... Um, there's a machete involved, but uh, how did it all start out? Oh, it all started with somebody that owned a machete and was way better, like, skilled at using the machete. And we're sort of hiking through the bushes, and um, he sort of uh, bestowed me the responsibility of the machete and let me hack some of the branches, like, in our path. What was your original objective with the machete? Our original objective was to, uh, we're going to try and find this, like, uh, swamp so um, we talked to a uh, local like landowner, and we're sort of gonna cut a shortcut through his land, and uh, try and find this swamp, and uh, yeah, and that's where everything sort of started with that simple plan. But you know, I mean, I, I've I've been in these kind of situations before. You're cutting trails through the bush, and you can only do so much before you have to take a break. Isn't that right? That's right. And uh, the break came and we decided to have a little sit down, have a couple of beers. And my uh, <laughs> competency, my competence level sort of went down as far as like handling the machete. And uh, that's what brings us into the story, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what brings you into the studio here on the day when we're talking about the Take Me to the Hospital edition here. And right. I, I'm imagining that you uh, were rushed to the hospital pretty quickly. So, so yes. there, was there blood? Was there gore? What, what happened? And uh, what there, was, was there was blood. And uh, a friend of mine, a French girl who is not really good with dealing with people's blood, who had to sort of like... Uh, hike back down the hill with me and uh, drive me to the hospital. But uh, how it all unfolded was um, as we cutting through like the path and sort of like just going on and just have, having a blast chatting, we decided to have a little stop. We started drinking some beer. And then uh, after a couple of beers, um, which I didn't feel like my uh, abilities had gone down any you know, significant amount, uh, <laughs> That's always how it is, isn't it? It's story of my life. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I grabbed the machete again, and uh, just as we're getting ready to uh, proceed with like the path, uh, I grabbed the machete, just sort of started toying around with it a little bit, <laughs> goofing around, and I accidentally like it slipped out of my hands, and uh, just reflexively I try to grab it. I don't know why, like. You had like some image in your head of like gracefully Just doing some grabbing th- something. it and stopping it from hitting the ground and making me look like I wasn't responsible enough to handle the machete. 
So I tried to catch it, and of course, as luck would have it, I grabbed it um, by the wrong end, and I uh, just slipped right out of my hand and made a very clean cut to my uh, ring finger on my right hand. And uh, yeah, for the first like few seconds, I actually tried to like sort of hide it because I was a embarrassed and b sort of like worried about like the shock that might induce in like our lady friend that was there. But then I had a look at it myself and I was like, uh oh, I'm gonna have to tell somebody about this. <laughs> and then began the panic. That's what happened with me in the, the the surfing incident. I didn't think it was too bad. I wanted to get back out there into the waves. And oh, I saw that picture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was worse than I thought. So you, how how was your experience at the hospital? Did you did you ended up going to the Tofino Hospital or where? yes, I ended up going to the Tofino Hospital. And uh, but before uh, the scariest part was actually before I even got to the hospital, where I had to tell the girl that like, hey, uh, we gotta turn around, and then she was like what are you talking about? I was like, hey, uh, I just had a little accident with the machete. It's not a big deal. <laughs> How often do you hear that? I just, I just had a little accident with a machete. Like nothing to alarm you about, but uh, there's a machete involved and we have to turn around. And she was like, well, it's not a big deal. Let me check it out. And I showed her and literally the look on her face almost amplified like the fear in my heart about like how bad it was. So I think I might have been like in a bit of shock at the time. But I showed it to her and she was just like immediately like sprung into action. Even though I know she was probably grossed out. Just sprung into action and was like, okay, we're going back. We traced our way back down the hill. Got into her car. She drove me straight to the hospital. And of course I did not have my Ontario health card with me. So she had to drive back to my place ruffle through my stuff get my health card and come back then uh, at that time the nurses I sort of started to settle me in and um, it wasn't a big enough cut where I would have to get put under or anything but um, they ended up putting these like um, uh, anest- like anesthesia like uh, needles uh, on like the webbing of my arm on my hands really yeah like around the f- like the web uh on both sides of my ring finger. Wow. And once that numbed down, uh, they stitched me up and I got to watch everything to my horror, <laughs> which I'm not good at blood either. So yeah, and um, that was like uh, the beginning of me becoming super responsible with machetes. That's, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, you gotta learn somewhere, right? And yes, and what a way to learn. How do you, how did you feel about the job they did uh, at the hospital? I mean, what would you do without healthcare professionals, right? I don't know what I would have done. And to be honest, like um, just the fact that the doctor wasn't that freaked out about it, and he seemed like a young, relatable guy, really put me at ease and sort of like allowed me to look at it as almost like some something that was badass. I was like going through, like yeah, cut myself with the machete. Was was he uh, was he like an Asian guy? Uh, no, it was, it was actually like this younger, like uh, white gentleman, like maybe I would say like mid thirties, and just like I almost felt like uh, you know that feeling you get when you're a kid that like you feel like you're in trouble, like you did something wrong. But he was so cool about it that like he kind of like alleviated that, and I just felt like oh yeah, no, like he totally put me at ease, made me feel like yeah, no, this isn't a big deal. We're gonna sew you up. Here's what you're gonna have to do to keep it clean, and you're gonna be fine. 
And uh, all I had to worry about was not making that mistake again. The reason I was asking about the, uh, the Asian guy was that the, the individual who was performing surgery, quote unquote, on me, stitching me up, uh, was this uh, the young, young Asian gentleman. And the, the coolest thing was is that I was trying to, get a, trying to interview him. Uh, and you did hear an interview with another doctor, but when I spoke with him, he actually remembered the, na- the name of my podcast because I actually met him before oh, of, of this show, the fr- or like half of it, you remember Horizon. So I like, that was pretty cool. So, you know, I, I just want to give a shout out to all the amazing healthcare professionals in uh, Tofino, PC here. And uh, finally, I did, just before we go, I wanted to see if you had just one quick moment um, of, that you can remember. What's, what's a beautiful Horizon moment that you can remember about a time that you've either been at the uh, seen an amazing sunset or a sunrise anything that springs to mind yes but uh just to echo your sentiments i also want to extend my gratitude to how cool everybody was at the hospital and how uh like timely they dealt with the whole thing and um as far as like the coolest horizon moment for me actually it has to do with like uh when i was learning how to surf and i was here last year in winter and one of the most notable uh, horizon related moment for me was um, just like big waves are like uh, Chesterman, North Chesterman, and uh, just like the waves as they start to build. It was in the middle of winter, so it was like a lot more than I was used to. And just like me sort of like looking out at the horizon and being like, oh, here comes a wave. I think I'm gonna try and catch that one. And then like the wave just sort of like bulks up and builds past like the horizon and it just becomes almost like um especially because it's like the sun setting so it almost like casts a shadow as it's building up (laughs) it's like it was just like the scariest thing i'd ever like been through and i was just like in a split second i'm immediately going through like my friend's voice all the coaching he's given me and i'm just like pedal 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 try and catch it and of course i'm pedaling and I find myself on top of the wave and the nose of like the surfboard just starts to point downward. <laughs> starts to point downward at um, the rest of the water. And like that was, uh, that was the scariest moment of that experience. And I feel like I will forever remember that horizon before the horror of me nose diving. on <laughs> the biggest wave I've ever been on. To this day. <laughs> well, thanks for sharing that story. And uh, now I'm going to share uh, a song that I heard for the first time, doing a little bit of construction work. Uh, shout out to Dylan, if he's listening. Um, literally, probably on the very property that you were working on. Uh, so uh, here it is. It's Metric Cascades. Beauty, let's hear it.
Metric with Cascades. We're going to end off the hour with Carly Summers, a Victoria's singer-songwriter I recently met when she passed through Yuki. Here's her ukulele cover of Ed Sheeran's Thinking Out Loud. Just the touch of a hand. 